This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, here we are in the first listening of this podcast for in the uh, really heart in the middle of December and that it's we've gone through snow, the lights are out, holidays are coming. And I thought a great gift for all of you is to be able to understand what's going on in the foreign rights world. And with us is Judy Klein. Judy is a rights consultant. She's got over 30-plus years of experience in the publishing business, and she spent a dozen years with the prestigious New York house of Farrar, Strauss, and Grow. Did I pronounce that right, Judy? Uh, it is Farrar, Strauss, and Giroux. Yeah. Giroux. Giroux. Okay. Yeah. During her tenure, she was the VP, Executive Director of Subsidiary Rights, Director of Paperback Publishing, and Director of Audio Books. So she actually was ahead of her time. Judy's also a former editor-in-chief of the Literary Guild Book Club and a foreign rights director at St. Martin's Press. Some years ago, Judy stopped in Montana on a cross-country drive, and she never left. She still lives there in the heart of the Rocky Mountains. She says she's blaming on love. She started the Klein Works Agency, offering a select handful of small publishers and literary agents' rights assistance, especially with foreign rights. Even though she's outside the red-hot center of New York publishing, her credentials and connections to publishers and editors around the world gets her clients' books published and published well. So, Judy, I am so tickled that you're here. And, And Judy and I connected through a mutual friend, but I also lived in Montana for a few years and loved it during the time I was there. So... Um, I get it. The the, the big sky country. <laughs> it is beautiful, and you still live in mountains, so you haven't given that part up. Well, I'm, but I'm a beach girl, I have to tell you. But the beaches may be coming to me, for all I know. <laughs> the, the 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 rate is going. Uh, beach so, on property in Nevada. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So. Let's kind of jump into this because, I mean, you really do have quite a pedigree and that knowing, having your fingertips on this is when it was um, and, and especially being in on audiobooks before they really started getting hot. It's been a long time, but now they're really getting into their own mark here. And also my very first publisher was St. Martin's Press. So what the heck? Oh, how nice. How nice. Yeah. Yeah. And Hope Dillon is still there. So... <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And Sally Richardson too, running running the organization. There you and go. There An institution. All right. So let's yeah. to talk about. Um, first of all, why don't you explain to everyone what subsidiary rights are? Because I, I bet you a lot of authors don't understand. Right. It's a, that's a very good place to start. Uh, because 
in a nutshell, subsidiary rights covers everything, every form of the book that isn't the prime book itself. That means if it's, there's an audio version of the book, that's something you can license. If there's a large print version of a book, a graphic novel version of a book, an excerpt in a magazine, a movie that you get to see at the AMC down the street, a French or a Polish or Korean edition of a book, a condensed version of the book, um, a book club version of the book, um, just large print. There's just so many different things that aren't the book itself. There are ways to reproduce the book, package the book, market the book, recreate the book, and those are all subsidiary rights. All right, so you've got everything that they can sell, Ashley, of the book, it sounds like. What do what does the author control and what do, if they control anything at this point? And what does the publisher control? This is and of course we're talking traditional publishing, everybody. We are. We're talking about a traditional contract that an author will sign. Of course, there are many different uh, clauses that you can negotiate, that you negotiate or your agent can negotiate. Um, but typically, any contract you sign is going to give the publisher the right to manufacture, publish, promote, and distribute your book. And that book isn't just your physical book anymore because nowadays it includes the ebook version. It's very, very hard to keep those rights out of uh, out of the contract. So uh, digital version of your book and the physical version of the book is something that they get to distribute. But that doesn't mean that they'll get movie rights. That doesn't mean that they'll have audio rights. That doesn't mean they'll have foreign rights. These are all things that you can negotiate either to give them the rights or have your agent keep the rights or you could keep the rights yourself. These are all different ways of uh, promoting your book, of making money on your book, of packaging your book. Um, it's not always easy, but it certainly can be lucrative and it can be fun. And uh, for the publishers who have departments that devote themselves to this, it's, it's a, an all-encompassing, world-traveling job. Mm -hmm. So do you get involved in movie rights and those kind of things too? I get involved in the very basic manner. The thing about movie rights, performing rights, theatrical rights, they all come under the same thing. They're incredibly complicated. Um, mm -hmm. It's a dime a dozen to license the stuff. That's not a hard thing. But what happens when a movie producer or a, a scout wants to buy the book or someone has an idea and they want to secure the rights to your book, they'll negotiate an option with you. And that option will often contain the entire deal. So every character, every payout, everything that's going to be charged against the book, it's very, very specialized. So literary agents have uh, Hollywood agents. We just call them Hollywood agents in that they, they work on dramatic rights. Uh, and they'll negotiate these contracts that are often 100 pages long. Very different type of business. I would never, ever, um, I could negotiate the option, which just basically means you have a year to see if you could put a deal together a very loose option, and then when it comes to making a contract or extending that option, I would recommend that they, that my client, the author, find a publishing uh, specialist or rather a legal specialist. It could be a lawyer or it could be someone who specializes mm -hmm. in film rights. But it is incredibly complicated, and, you know, characters can go on forever and ever. You have one bad movie with that character no one will ever touch it again because it's tied up with that one person. So there's, it's just a very delicate and dangerous thing. It's very different from another type of a standard publishing contract. Mm -hmm. All right. 
So um, help. I, I, I guess what she's saying, everyone, is if this is not a thing where you want to go it alone. Um, no. If 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 a movie option opens up in in any way. Um, with that. So subsidiary rights are one thing. Now let's jump into that subset of foreign rights. And foreign rights, of course, involves foreign countries, but, but how does that all happen? Well, foreign rights, I, it's a matchmaking job. It really is a matchmaking job. Um, you have to be connected to the zeitgeist. I guess is the best word, of so many different places, so many different times. You often need a tribe to help you with this. If you're in a publishing company, you have a rights department, and there'll be someone who's handling, sometimes within foreign rights, they could handle different parts of the world. A large agency will have someone who handles East, the former Eastern Europe. Uh, you'll have someone who handles Spanish and Portuguese, and perhaps Europe, someone who handles Asia, because you really do want to have your, your finger on the, on the pulse of the industry there. When, uh, for smaller publishing companies and for many authors and for many smaller literary agencies, they work with an agent like me who works with a, a network of co-agents, often called sub-rights agents or subsidiary agents, um, but these co-agents are in place. In Korea, there's hundreds of them. In Romania, there's two. So you really, you need to know the people in uh, every language group and ideally in every country who has their pulse on what is happening within their industry, what's working, what's selling, what isn't selling, what editors, uh, when they're putting their catalogs together and their next list together, what they're looking for. Um, when you're talking about a book on adoption, which cultures are even open to books about adoption? Because oddly mm. enough, that's not necessarily a given. Oh, uh, yeah. You really do want someone who is aware of what's happening out there and how they connect to it. And that's why the book publishing business, it's, it's a very small community, but it's an international one. They go to book fairs all around the world. The Frankfurt Book right, Fair let's is hold the largest. Yeah, Judy, let's hold on that. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back. We're talking foreign rights, everyone. With me is super agent here, Judy Klein, who knows the foreign rights market inside and out. We'll be right back. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative no matter where you live. Author U brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author U extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author U's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. Author U is the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch and panache, 
Author You is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms, and it is free. Discover Author You, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author You today at authoru.org. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so. Or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand and platform, and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and e-zine at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book. If you want to be successful as an author. Your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, our subject is foreign rights today, and with us is a, a rights consultant with over 30-plus years of experience. So she comes from the traditional background, but she works, with, she works with small press as well as people from the traditional rights. And we were just getting into um, just the representation, and, and, and Judy was mentioning like some of the big book flares, and I know she's going to be kissing on Frankfurt right away. So, Judy, I'm going to throw it back to you. Let's talk about some of those rights. Okay, okay. Book fairs. Uh, I'm not talking about the book fairs that you can go to where you see displays and you can buy a copy of mm-hmm. book and shake an author's hand and have it signed. I'm talking about places that book publishing professionals go. That mm-hmm. means editors. That means scouts. That means agents. And they have meetings usually half-hour meetings that begin at 9 in the morning and end at 7 at night and then turn into cocktails and dinner and breakfast meetings because you're meeting the entire time in half-hour allotments. And you are looking to sell your wares if you're the agent. You're looking to buy them if you're the editor. You're trading information on what's new, what's hot, what's happening, what's selling. And selling is the key here. And hand-selling, this idea that you are sitting down together, you ask about their kids and their family and their work and their boss who was fired, and you talk about uh, the weather, you make your connections. And these connections are nurtured over years because you meet at four or five fairs uh, a year sometimes, and or at least two or three, and in each other's offices. And you know each other's taste. You learn what you trust. And when you ask someone, what are you looking for? What is hot? What is happening? What is selling for you? What is your publishing company finding um, lots of pleasure in? 
when you pick up that book, if that person says to you, you know what, it's, I'm really doing very well with uh, books that are for sassy and salty ladies, snappy, sassy, salty ladies. <laughs> so you're going to say to them, I have the perfect book for you. I've got Wise Words for Authors and Writers by Dr. Judith Bryles, and guess what? You know, I just talked to her last week, and you, you make it personal. You have a chance. You don't have very much time. You spend half an hour together, and you've got a 100 books on your list. You pick the four or five that are going to matter, and you have them go away with your list of 100 to get back to you on, but you zero in on what's going to work and what you want them to take away from that meeting. They're going to have another 17 meetings that day, but you want in their little notebooks, because we all sit down with our little notebooks. Some people use their iPads. Um and you, you make a note and you expect that book and you get excited about Dr. Judith Bryles' snappy, sassy, salty. So that personal connection is a very big part of the business. And even though we can hit send instantly on a manuscript or on a PDF version of a manuscript, even though we can sit in, in Google Hangouts and Skype, even though I can put something overnight into a FedEx package and get it to you right away, there's nothing like that personal contact. And that's what happens at Frankfurt in a way it doesn't happen anywhere else because there are, and I'm not kidding about this, three, four hundred thousand people who attend that. Of those right. three, four hundred thousand people who attend, um, I'd say two hundred thousand are book publishing professionals who don't meet with the public. The Germans do meet with the public. For them, it's their national book fair. But you get a chance to, to make contact. You also rub elbows whether you're standing in line for uh, Wiener Schnitzel or whether you're standing in line for the ladies, which you often have to stand in line for for a very long time because there's so many people. You have these conversations that come out of nowhere as well where you have a chance to talk about the books on your list or, or what is working or just having someone tell you, you know what, vampire books are selling like hotcakes in Italy right now. There's just a fascination with it and you think to yourself, hey, this is a great opportunity to dig out this book that I haven't, that I never sold Italian rights for six years ago, maybe this is the time. So it's, it's nothing can make up for those, um, those impromptu meetings and those scheduled meetings at a fair. The London Book Fair is also, uh, one of the premier events in the book publishing business. The one in New York, Book Expo, is a little less so because that one isn't just a rights fair. That one is for the public as well. So, there are fairs in Sharia, in Qatar, in Korea. Uh, the Seoul Book Fair ended recently. The Montreal uh, Book Fair ended last week. Shanghai was a couple of weeks ago. A lot of things take place, especially in November, because uh, so many people are in Europe already for the Frankfurt Book Fair. They just tack on another, uh, you know, visit to the Krakow Book Fair or to the Budapest Book Fair or to France for the Livre, Salon de Livre. So it's, it's a, a way to keep connected, to make new contacts, and the hand-selling part, the, the same way that when you say to your friend, what have you read lately, and mm -hmm. you trust their opinion, or you ask the, the bookseller at your favorite bookstore, or you ask a librarian, that opportunity to have someone tell you, not to browse the shelves, but to actually tell you, this is the book you should pay attention to is really great. We do that every day in our emails, but there's a big difference between having someone actually there talking about the book. Well, that's how I feel about face-to-face -face events versus always the remote online events. There is, there is so much more like the impromptu conversation when you're in a long line waiting for the ladies' room. You never know exactly. 
what's going to involve. So I always, you know, think people are a mistake if they go exclusively um, down the remote line. I think that that's cool when you can do it because I use some remotes, but other times it's face to face. I think it's I actually is premier to me. Um, yeah, with us. Yeah. So you know, how, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't do what I do without all the technology that allows me to live in Montana and to hit that button on my computer that sends out a submission to 45 publishers around the world at the same time um, to be able to overnight a manuscript to New York that needs to be looked at. So it's it's really great, but it doesn't make up for for the contact, for the personal sensibilities and sensitivities mm-hmm. of, of uh, talking to other professionals and what it leads you to. So the, having an agent represent you, not just put a picture of your book up on a wall, because often it's not just the physical book, they'll just put a picture. Um, it's not the same thing. So I, I have a, a side question. So, we, you know, we have a gazillion new books coming out every year. If if you didn't tune into, oh, I can sell foreign rights, and my book is a couple of years old, have you missed the boat? Well, it's the longer time there is between publication date and the foreign sales is uh, the harder it is. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't do it because times change all of a sudden, kind of mm-hmm. like I was telling you uh, the Italian fascination with vampire novels, for example. Uh, right. You might have a new opportunity. Or something just happened like your uh, book was just um, won an award for something, or you were invited to speak at a national uh, organization on a particular subject. So there could be another catalyst that allows uh, everyone to revisit your book. A good agent or a good publisher, whoever, whether you're you're doing your own rights, your own foreign rights, or it's your publisher's publishing uh, rights department that's doing it, or you have an agent handling it, that's the opportunities they're going to leap on. I right now, just this morning, I sent out a nice new fresh round of um, backgrounders to publishers on a book that's, came out about three years ago, but the author just published a workbook to go with it. So mm. it's not that there was anything new in the work. I mean, the uh, facts have changed or anything else uh, that, you know, monumentally moved the needle on the book. But here was an opportunity to say, hey, here it is again. Guess what? These were the reviews. Remember how this was on the front page of such and such paper. Remember that I told you that she's available on, you know, three podcasts. So... I sent that out this morning, and I had three requests already for the book, for the two manuscripts. So, you know, you try and capitalize on whatever new information there might be on the subject matter or about the author. So you do have these other shots, these other opportunities, but it is hard to walk in. You couldn't just sit down at Frankfurt and say, hey, I found this book that was, unless there's a good reason for it, um, I found this (laughs) book on my list from three years ago that you didn't pay attention to then. Could you pay attention to it now? Mm-hmm. So I, I love what you said about book awards. I mean, there's some book awards and there's other book awards, but if a book has started to accumulate awards, that might get their attention too, or yes. am I wrong? Yes, yes. Uh, and that accumulation of awards, it might be, I had an opportunity where it was the 13th, and it was a you know great way to just say, hey, lucky 13, this is the 13th award, this particular book won. And that, those awards have come in over two, three years. In fact, I should say it, probably coming over 10 years because 
there have been a couple of different editions of the book. That's mm-hmm. another thing. You know, you revise the book, you update it, there's another opportunity for it. Sometimes the subject matter is, is popular in a way it hadn't been before. It's back in the news, and you update it, or you write a new foreword, or you have someone write an introduction because now you've got credentials that you didn't have before. So there are different ways. I, I, I'm hesitant to use the word packaging because it isn't packaging, but there are opportunities that present themselves that allow you to take it back on the market. Well, I love opportunities. All right, so we have about two minutes to our next break, but if you can kind of kiss on, what's the benefit of having foreign rights? Well, you know, it comes down to, for most people, a sense of accomplishment, I think, because there's nothing like feeling you've reached people, and it might be in, in Libya, it might be in Argentina, it might be in Korea, it might be in Finland, you're in a bookstore and you see your book in this different language. There's nothing more satisfying than that, let alone these days because people could touch out, uh, reach out and touch you so quickly uh, with an email, with an Instagram, with a tweet. Um, I think that's a very big part of it. Money is huge for publishers. And certainly for authors, it's just that I think for authors, they think money is going to roll in because I have 20 deals uh, or five deals or even two deals. It's usually more, I say, that you really have to want foreign rights. Um, you can't be going after it for the money. The money is almost a fringe benefit because mm-hmm. it is very <laughs> expensive. And yeah. that says, I mean, like if I say, oh, here's a deal for you, it's $1,000. Well, from that $1,000, after they take away the taxes yeah. in that particular country, and you you're, you pay to send two copies of your book to them, and there are bank wire transfers, and there are oh yeah uh, you know three yeah, or yeah. four let's, other charges. Let's, you're going to get a check for three hundred and forty-two dollars. So yeah, let's you can't on that. Let's get into that a little bit more um, when we come back from this break. I always call it mailbox money. I refer to foreign rights as mailbox money. We'll be right back. That's it's all to you, your guide to book publishing. With me today is Judy Klein, and we are talking foreign rights. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the Events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. First impressions are everything in the world of book publishing. Whether your book is an ebook, a print version, or both, your book cover needs to pop, sizzle, and sparkle to immediately capture the attention of your audience. And your book's interior needs to be just as dynamic and reflect the professionalism your readers demand. 
Nick Selinger of NZ Graphics has won numerous national and international book awards for his cover designs and interior layouts. With over 20 years of experience in graphic design, he knows what it takes to create award-winning books and the many promotional pieces that authors need, such as posters, banners, postcards, one-sheets, business cards, logos, and more. Visit ncgraphics.com and see what authors and publishers have to say about their award-winning books and how NZ Graphics can make your book the success it was meant to be. That's nzgraphics.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Foreign rights is our topic, and I think it's something that all authors should have on their uh, shopping list. From the get-go, and I mentioned just as we went to break, I always viewed them as foreign rights. I've had the really the pleasure of having my books in 17 countries, and it really it does get people's attention. I mean, I, to, to really think about that, and I and I'm loving it that Judy Klein, our expert and a rights consultant, um, is talking about some of the, the dings that can come in. Maybe they offer you a thousand. They could maybe you get offered thirty-five hundred. Maybe you only get offered 500. So that what's the range that people can think about would be the possibility, Judy? <laughs> it's, it's just what you said. I mean, Unlimited there are enough. offers. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they could be $300 to do, uh, you know, a print run in, uh, in uh, Farsi for the Iranian market, and they're only going to print 300 but they've never had Noam Chomsky printed there, and they're really excited about it, and you have to weigh whether that's worth it for you or not. I mean, my feeling is I love spreading this sort of thing. I love it and advise my authors. And, of course, the author. If you have an agent who doesn't give you the final okay, then you have a problem. The author should always have the final okay on the terms of any deal. Uh, I, I believe in that for very fervently. Uh, so, you know, you might say, yeah, let's just do it. It's, it's no money. It's going to be $100, but it's going to put my book into the hands of 17 Iranians, and maybe they'll spread it to another 27, and who knows what will happen. <laughs> and who so knows? That's it on a small scale. My favorite, you know, you're talking about Farsi. My favorite was to when I sold one of my books to Saudi Arabia, and it was a book called The Confidence Factor, and it was written by a woman, that would be me, for women. Um, and I'll be danged if they didn't come yeah. back a few years later, and when I, the term, and I would love to have you kiss on what the expected term of a contract, a foreign rights contract is, when it came back a few years later, and they rebought it again. So it just, it just tickled me. Yeah. <laughs> it tickled yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. That is, talk about changing the world, you know, that, and you have to draw satisfaction from that that isn't necessarily money. I mean, hopefully you got paid nicely for it. But uh, it's just such a wonderful thing to see your book go out in the world, your words, your thoughts, your ideas go out there and have a life of their own in a different language, in a different culture with a different jacket on it and with a different title quite often. And heck, sometimes your your 300-page book becomes two 150-page books. So you never even know what's going to happen. That's, that's one part of the um, foreign rights 
uh, end of your business that's uh, for some authors quite frustrating is that you cannot have the same kind of control you might be able to have with it Mm-mm. with a publisher no. that's at the oh, other no. end of your local phone. You no, know, I my attitude was I just let it go. You know, when when yeah. we agreed on it, we, I just let it go. Well, what about what are some of the pitfalls that an author can run into? Well, you know, it depends for the author. Of course, you often do not know the reputation of this company. You're often um, taking a risk, which is another reason why it's it's helpful to have agents and co-agents who at least have uh, access to information about the the publisher there. But there are so many little places that might appear on your horizon and you think, oh, let's just take a risk and see what happens because you can't, you're not there to walk into a store in Latvia or in Estonia or, or in Brazil, uh, to see the array of that particular publisher's work and their stature. I, I count on my co-agents and that's what they earn their money for to know the reputation of these companies, to have contact with them and with the editors there. So that's that's something that's always a little nervous-making for, for some um, authors, not knowing what's happening when they say, yes, go ahead and, and print the book, um, not knowing how their uh, words are going to be published, the colloquialisms or the cultural references. And sometimes it's, you know, quite shocking, and they're like, how did this name turn into that, or how did this church become a synagogue or whatever? Because there's only so much control you can have. Now, some authors, and I have authors, who insist on translation approval of everything. Well, they don't speak the language, but they hire someone to look at it. That's that's their call if they'd like to. Normally, I think your attitude, Judith, is, you know, be grateful for the opportunity and mm-hmm. trust that the publisher is paying something and is hoping to do, is, is planning to do their very best. They're investing in this, so they'll know. I got to tell you, and you've probably experienced this with all the publishing you've had from abroad. Often the cover could be hideous, and you're quite shocked. At, My God, what did they put on this jacket? <laughs> Cultural differences, you know, it's quite stunning what a book you know, looks like in Hungary and what a book looks like in Korea or in China. Absolutely. And what yeah. works and doesn't work. And you might want to have approval, but boy, it does. You're not going to get it, and it's not going to matter because yeah. there's such different reference points to what's good and what works. Yeah. Um, so I think some people do find that a little difficult. Um, they they also might find the money, which they'll never see a statement. You know, often you make a deal, and I think you might have done this with South uh, with uh, Saudi Arabia. It's a mm-hmm. flat rate. It's you know, I'll take mm-hmm. your thousand dollars, and you mm-hmm. can print a thousand copies of my book, and that's mm-hmm. it. You never hear about it again. You don't know what happened. You don't know if the book's still out there. You don't, mm-hmm. and that's because you already have a deal. I mean, sometimes you're dealing with an agent and you don't even know if they've ever made a deal. Um, so at least you you actually have a piece of paper and you were paid somewhere along the line. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, yeah, that, yeah, that has yeah, yeah. Typically, it was a set amount, and I'll and I'll just reveal to everyone. I've had as low as five hundred dollars, and I think the high was fifty five hundred, and that it was, um, and they they would publish it within a certain period of time. Each contract was for a certain period of time as well. Three years, I think, was the max. And um, and I was supposed to get 10 free copies. Did I get my 10 free copies? From some of them. I wish I had them from all of them because I love the covers, Judy. I love the variation of of what comes up with. I, and then the only thing you know it's yours is because your name is actually in your in English. Yeah. Otherwise, and you know what? If that's only in English if you've made it part of the contract, because sometimes oh. they don't even put it in English. It'll just be in Chinese, and you have to try and figure out who it is. They will put it always with the copyright on the copyright notice. 
But yes, if I'm negotiating a contract, and if you're doing it yourself, that's something you should ask for, for the author's name to appear on the binding and on the cover. Yeah, it's it's a kick. I mean, I found it, it, it quite, and as I said, to me, it was mailbox money. It's money that I would never yeah. have had, so I welcome to it. And when you think about your words being, you know, thousands of miles away, it's kind of cool. So, Well, that's how I feel about it. I think of it as, as not necessarily just icing on the cake because there's an opportunity to have lots of cakes made. Um, but, you know, you're, you'd be grateful for it. And if it makes sense in a particular country, now, you know, if the German publisher is printing 5,000 copies of that, your advance should not be $1,000. You know, it should be more like 10000 So it, it does depend and you want, uh, you are very fortunate if you have an agent who's in there and aware and negotiating the best possible deal and not just negotiating that deal but then following up to make sure payments are made following up in to make sure that copies are indeed sent to you finished copies of your book following up to make sure statements come once or twice a year whatever your contract calls for and you have a and when the end of the contract is there that the copies are um done away with that they can't all of a sudden dump 2,000 leftover copies in the market, um, that they're, that they have to get rid of those. It can't just be, um, mm-hmm. let go. Uh, you know, there are so many other little factors there, which really does help when you've got someone standing in your corner and making the case for those things. Now, often, and I think most places, most people are quite honorable when they say they're printing 300 copies or 3,000 copies and here's your money and it's done. The Russian market works that way. Everything is a flat number, and their industry is actually run by uh, wholesalers mostly who tell them what they're going to print, and they do one print run, and that's it. And it's very rare they ever do another. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there you go. Every place well, has, a, yeah. has a different rhythm to it, but they're all just, like you say, the frosting on the cake, the icing. Yeah, I, I view it as uh, frosting. Well, okay, so let's say uh, it, let's say XYZ in um, – in, uh, um uh, Libya <laughs> offers a deal. I had a deal one time in Libya. Um, and that what what happens? What's the process once it starts? Once the deal starts? Once the well, yeah, queries I, made, a query is made, we're interested in this book, your contact, or we're interested in this book. What happens next? The first thing that will happen is uh, the material will be shared. And I am usually, again, I will check out the publisher as best I can, especially if I have a co-agent involved in the territory to make sure that they are a legitimate publisher. Uh, these days you can almost do that yourself by finding some online bookstores in a particular language or in a particular country and seeing if there are works by that person, by that publishing company, I mean. So you have a sense of what they're publishing if they don't have a website, because many of them don't, certainly not one in English, and many of them actually don't even have websites. But you try to find out as much as you can about uh, um, their credentials. Then you will share the material. Now, this is I'm saying they've come to you and they've said, I'm really interested in When God Says No by Judith Pryor. And you say to them, okay, you know, tell, tell us about yourself. What else do you publish? Have you made other deals with uh, American or British or Canadian publishers? Because you want an English-speaking one that you might want to call up and ask, are they all right? Did they pay their bills on time? Did they send you books? Were they honorable? Um, That's one thing. I will send them then a PDF of your book so they could review it, and then they'll come back to me with an offer, and I will discuss that offer with them in terms of how many they think they'll print, what kind of price they'll put on it, what kind of royalty they'll pay, 
And, you know, you'll, you'll do it much the same way you will do it for the U.S. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're putting a $10 price on the book, the equivalent of $10, and you want your author to be getting a dollar for each of those books, then, you know, you're going to be what you're going to be asking for. If they're going to do a thousand of those, you want a thousand dollars. Um, at least. You know, you're thinking about that first print run. And if they're going to be charging $20 for the book, then you want $2,000. Um, so you, you negotiate what is right for it. And yes, you spell out the terms, um, how long they have before they can publish it. Uh, you spell out the terms for when it expires. I mean, I will limit it usually to five years, in some cases seven, in some places ten. And occasionally it could be what you call one plus one plus one. It could be like, okay, well, I think you should be, you should have sold all your books in five years. But if you haven't earned out, if you haven't made back your money, then then I'll extend your contract for one more year. And then if you still haven't, I'll give it to you for one more. So that gives you a little flexibility sometimes. Got it. Got it. Okay. So let's and, hold that thought. But hold on. We're going to take our final break. Okay. It's going fast here. Everyone. Foreign rights should be in your bailiwick. I'm going to tell you that you, if you if you haven't done it, you better consider it. Um, and this is a great guideline for you to process through of the, the who, what, where, when. Well, we're not telling you who to go to, but the what, where, why um, and doing it. And then what I'd like to do when we come back is do you pitch it before books out or can you do it after books out and how long after? We'll be right back. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, Connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based ebooks, and bookstore. Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book... 
if you want to be successful as an author. Your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With me today is Judy Klein. She's a rights consultant with over 30 years of experience in the publishing business, both with New York as well as, um, you know, with some of us independents out here. Her company is Klein Works, and that's K-L-E-I-N works.com. Um, and she's based in my old neck of the woods, Montana, where I lived big for several country. years. The big sky country. Truly the big sky country. So we're, we're really talking about kind of the setup. I asked about the, some of the pitfalls, um, the opportunities. It's great bragging rights, I have to say. It's great bragging rights. And it's just so wonderful to know that your word may be getting in the hands of someone who so desperately needs it that never, ever would have the opportunity because they don't live in the United States. So I think that's amazing to do um, with that. So, Judy, we, when we, we took that quick break here, and then we have our final segment, um, we were talking about the structure of what happens what, in the process, I think. Is that right? That's right. We were talking about a contract and, uh, well, getting to a contract, how an, a query might getting. come to you or your agent and how you'll do some research to, to validate the, the publisher because you want to know that, uh, that it's legitimate, that you're, someone is going to take care of your book and someone is going to pay you or at least send you the copies they promised to send you and, uh, and execute on all the terms that you agree to. So you explore the possibilities with that publishing company and you negotiate a contract and you cover all the terms. We were talking about some of the critical terms like what an advance might be or whether they're going to pay you a flat fee for a certain number of books they can print, what the royalty will be if that's going to be involved, what the term of licenses, how many years it will be valid for, and of course, how much time they have to publish. Now, you also have to keep in mind, and sometimes someone will say, oh, they're only giving me $500 for this book, they're going to print a 1000 off. They've got to translate that book. You have a 300-page book, they're paying a translator, and mm-hmm. that isn't cheap to get a good translation. Plus, it takes time, because I have many authors who will say, why is it going to take two years? Well, lists come out way in advance. I mean, publishers are planning for their season now for spring 2021. Um, they, they, they have to uh, build in time to find that translator and to make it a good translation. Much harder with literary fiction or, or, or memoir than it is with straight nonfiction uh, book on facts um, okay. or something that's very straightforward. So that's something to take and to be aware of, too. All right, so I've got a couple of questions before we lose you today. One is, okay. what, kind of, what kind of books are selling in the nonfiction, in the fiction? Are children's books selling foreign rights? Well, that's a very broad question because that is what's remarkable. Different tastes in different parts of the world. Uh, yes, I have to say, they're all selling. But, you know, Koreans, um, very hard to sell fiction there unless you happen to be uh, you know, a celebrity author. I mean, someone who you could be John Grisham or you could be mm-hmm. probably Delia Owens right now, but you're going to sell a lot of David Baldacci and other things that are guaranteed American box office, as it were. Um, but they love books on uh, makeup, on music, on, on business. Actually, that is a place where business, where a lot of business philosophy and social issues matter, technology as well. You cannot sell anything 
at least I've not been able to tell anything, if it has to do with gay or lesbian themes. That's still very difficult in much of the Asian mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Don't even try it. The French, they love mm-hmm. graphic novels, and they, when you use the term graphic novel with the French, it doesn't mean novel. It means they like anything in cartoon format, you know, with illustrations, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. straight uh, business books and everything else. I mean, they sell, like, Hotcakes. I do, that doesn't mean every American book is going to publish there because they, they buy them from Japan where they also love it as well. And they have many of their own authors, but it is a form that is far more uh, culturally standard than it is here. Um, horror doesn't sell in Japan. In Japan, frankly, after the nuclear issues they had in the last few years, tons of books about survival, about, you know, being able to make fruit juice and sauce, if you lose electricity and how to keep, you know, how to build a house, became de rigueur, as it were, because that's what everyone was worrying about. Um, books on American politics. You could look at our bestseller list this week, and it's got plenty of books there. Um, no one is interested. <laughs> I have to say that there's an exhaustion around the world about American politics that there didn't used to be. Uh, so it's, it's a little harder to sell those books right now. Children's books, yes, that's, that's been, you know, we, we keep thinking it's the death of publishing. No one reads, kids don't read anymore, but yet go to any bookstore and the young adult section is, is exploding and, uh, movies tied to it and middle grade books. And I mean, it's, it's, it's not dying at all. I really don't believe it is. It's the information is being delivered in many different ways. Not necessarily traditionally, not as traditional as many of us think it should be, but uh, around the world, we can still see those areas growing as well. Okay. Um, fiction is more... much harder to sell. So That's, fiction is harder to sell. That. Fiction is much, much harder to sell than so, nonfiction. Nonfiction is easy to describe, and nonfiction, you can target your market much more, uh, in a much more focused and deliberate manner. Fiction, oh, unless it wins awards, once you've got prizes, once you've got bestseller lists, much easier. But otherwise, it's a real challenge. Got it. All right. So I have a question, like in our couple of minutes left here. What about the independent small press or some of the higher-end self-published authors? Can they sell into the rights market? Yes. There's no reason why... Their book, if the book merits it, if the book has the appeal uh, and gets the exposure, that it can't. I mean, a lot of independent publishers do invest in the book fairs and they invest in their catalogs that they send to colleagues around the world or work with agents around the world um, to get word out about their books because that market is recognized as, as good money for them, good exposure um, and, you know, uh, something that the authors are also excited about. Uh, the thing is, the caliber of the work has to merit it. You know, your book, just because you call your publishing company Judy Klein Books and you put out a book, or maybe I just call it Three Mile Creek Road Books, uh, doesn't mean that it merits it. It doesn't mean that it was necessarily copy edited and as good as it could be. It doesn't mean that it's been packaged the right way that it should be. Uh, you need to have... Uh, the right product, well done, the right book, you need to make sure it's as good as it can be. And uh, please get yourself a copy editor. I can't yes. tell you how many manuscripts one oh, picks yeah. up, how many finished books you find in stores because people self-publish that haven't been painstakingly corrected. That has to be done. 
That has to be done. You need a publicist that you trust. Get your word out there. Collect quotes. Collect blogs. Collect awards. Submit your book for awards. Collect all kinds of, um, not paraphernalia, it's all kinds of uh, praise for your work. And you've got something that you can then take to agents. You could take to foreign agents. You could take to bloggers. You could take to Goodreads. You can say, you don't just say to them, here's my book. And here's my great page, my publicity release, and my great uh, jacket cover copy. But here, call me for an interview. I can talk about this subject. I'm the expert in this field, and I don't just say so, but here are three other people who endorse me, and here's an award I have. Market yourself, because you've got to get that out there for anyone to be aware of it. So it's, it's what I'm really hearing a lot is, I mean, which is kind of echoes me, but I'm hearing that you've got to really understand that you've got to become almost like a promo machine. And that's where those press releases, that's like that acknowledgement going out there. So you start building kind of some steam behind yourself. So you don't look like just someone who, you know, has been just diddling around. They're diddling versus there's a seriousness behind it. I think and that's you have what to I weigh. You're, you're 100% right, and you have to weigh. You really do have to weigh the amount of work and time this takes for the, against the reward because you can't guarantee you're going to make very much money. And, again, if you make the money, the taxes and the uh, mailing fees and the bank wire uh, charges are going to take big chunks out of it. You have to weigh whether or not it's worth your effort because it is a lot of effort. But uh, there's nothing quite as wonderful, and you know that, Judith, as holding that Saudi Arabian translation or that Finnish book or whatever in your hand. Yeah. I, you know, I don't think that a lot of people realize that they maybe have some negotiating power um, with a foreign rights. I mean, I mean, asking the question, I, I never thought of asking the question, how many are you going to print? Which, of course, you knowing from America, that's going to tie in with the advances and that kind of things and their commitment behind it. But if it's just going to be 200 copies, you know, we're talking about just a few hundred bucks probably, right. and which you're going to be right. taking home. But it's still Ask as many questions credential. as you can. Ask for as many answers as you can. Ask for as many um, uh Authority over things, uh, the ability to, to review the jacket, doesn't just consult, just to feel like you are aware of the project and as much as they can involve you in it. I'm not saying read the translation because you're not going to go, go out and learn how to speak Finnish or how to speak Korean or how to read it in order to do that. And there's no point hiring someone. I mean, it's in their interest to produce a good book. But ask questions and ask for your rights. I mean, say that, yes, I'm happy to take this amount of money, but I want to make sure that I get to see the cover. I want to make sure that I get to review the statement twice a year. Um, you have all the, that ability. All they can do is say no. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, the foreign rights market is one, as I said earlier, that that too many authors miss out on. They don't understand it. And that when I have talked about it before, with authors and it was interesting that if a window opens how so few follow through with it um and they need to and if there's a you know if there's a registration a sell-by date for their book they need to be tuned into that some books as you know are really evergreen and others have a window that's going to close. So with that. And most of them do. Most of them do, partly because publishers are always looking for what's next. 
They're rarely looking over their shoulders for what has happened. They always want to hear about what's coming up. So and, and, talk and about with, things that have already happened where they don't feel like, oh, my gosh, we missed the boat. There were no reviews. The sales aren't incredible. You have to have a good reason to put it back on the front burner. All right. And with that, we are at the end of the show. Judy Klein, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been a great pleasure, Judith. Thank you so All right. much. All right. Everyone, have a wonderful holiday coming up next week. We'll be with you on on the 24th, Christmas Eve, and we'll talk about another enticing topic to carry you into the new year. Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. 